Well, good morning, everyone, and thank you, worship team, for that. It was great. Um, my name is Zion, and I'm actually a primary school teacher. I teach grade six at the school here. Um, I'll try my best not to treat you all as 11-year-olds. Um, please don't feel compelled to raise your hand to go to the bathroom. You just, you're free to go, but make sure you don't muck around in there, okay? Or else you're in trouble when you get back. Um, I'm sorry for those students that I have recently taught. You might have thought you got away from me over there, Hudson, not paying attention. Um, you're just going to have to deal with another 20 minutes of me and then you can move on with your life. So yes, I, I'll be preaching today. Um, I am a teacher, but this is not my normal kind of thing, so I am quite nervous, so please be gracious with me. When Dave asked me to talk on a psalm, or in actual fact, when Dave asked my wife and she said yes on my behalf, um, which is maybe the case for a lot of you men out there, um, I immediately had a psalm spring into mind. However, I won't be speaking on that one today, as it only kind of holds humorous value to me personally. I will quickly share the verse in question, though, as I do think it's a, a bit of a laugh for me. And I heard there's someone else with my name as well, so maybe he'll enjoy it later as well. So if it's up there... Yeah, Psalms 129, verse 5. I know it's not super deep or anything like that, and I am aware that it's not talking about me personally, but I, I do enjoy this one. Whoever hates Zion, be turned away in shame. Hopefully this does not apply to any of you in relation to me. Um, and I'll try not to think about it if I see anyone get up, particularly my past students over there maybe. Um, but that's enough of being a bit silly. Um, how about we pray? Dear Lord God, thank you for giving us your word. God, I pray that you will speak through me this morning. Um, I pray, Lord, that what I say will be your words and not mine. I pray, Lord, that we will learn something from today, um, and I pray, Lord, that what we learn is important and from your word. Amen. So, like I said, as I'm a teacher, and the new school year starts for me tomorrow, don't panic, you Mueller students, you still get another week, um, I thought I would use today as a bit of a warm-up for my teaching practice. Now, for those who have been out of school for quite some time, which is, I'm assuming is the majority of us here, they now have this lovely thing that they get the teachers to do at the beginning of every lesson, and that's to write a lesson goal. Okay, For today, we might even call it a sermon goal, and it's just so that the kids have it plain and simple, what is the goal of this lesson, because they like to ask why, 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 why all the time. So our lesson goal or sermon goal, I should say, for today is we will know how to communicate with God. Now, I know that sounds very basic, but I think the beginning of a year, particularly in school, it's good to revise the basics before we move on. I also know that maybe prayer isn't something that you're confident with, and maybe some of you here might not even know how to approach it at all. I also think it never hurts to revise on those important topics. Any attentive student in my class, so some over there, will hopefully remember one of my favourite sayings, which wasn't their favourite, Revision doesn't end until the test has. Mr. Johnson, I finished revision. No, you haven't. Revision doesn't finish until the test has. I see him laughing over there, so I think he remembers it. I believe we should also apply this to our Christian walk, forever revising what we have learnt from God's word until we have finished the test that is life. So, how are we going to achieve our goal today? Well, we're going to start by looking at Psalm 25 and how it has prayer-like elements. We'll then look at what prayer is, how Jesus told his disciples how to pray, and how that lines up with Psalms 25. And finally, we'll end with how we can apply that to our own lives and Christian walks. So let's get stuck into Psalms 25. I'm going to read the whole thing, so just bear with me, and I'll try and pronounce it correctly. 
So Psalm 25 of David. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are my God, my Saviour, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the way of, ways of the Lord are loving and faithful towards those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity. Their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relive the troubles of my heart. Relieve the troubles of my heart. Not relive them. Sorry, that'd be horrible. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. Deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Now, when I read a psalm like Psalm 25, it's easy to pick out the parts that sound like a prayer where David's speaking directly to God. Then there's these other bits where it seems like David's speaking out loud or perhaps even speaking to us, the reader. While preparing for today, I learned that David wrote Psalm 25 as a poem that follows an acrostic pattern. For those who don't know what an acrostic pattern is, it's not as cryptic as it sounds. Um, an acrostic pattern is where each new line of the verse or the poem starts with a specific letter. In the case of Psalm 25, each verse starts with one of the letters from the Hebrew language. Um, obviously, we're not reading it in Hebrew. I'm, I, I can't speak Hebrew. Um, so in the original version, it would have followed that pattern. In this poem, David praises God, displays his trust in God, and asks for his protection. To me, all these elements make Psalm 25 a great example of a prayer. So what is prayer? Well, the secular world might believe that prayer is us Christians talking to ourselves, perhaps talking to an imaginary friend. Maybe it's some magic formula to get what we want. Some may think it's only reserved for the holiest of holy people and only for special occasions and locations. And sadly, it's very common for the majority of the secular world to think that prayer is just a in-case-of-emergency solution to life's problems. But we as followers of God know that it isn't any of those things. We know that prayer is communication with God. When we're praying, we are communicating with God by praising Him, confessing our sins before Him, and thanking Him and asking to give us the desires of our heart in relation to what He wants for us. Jeremiah 29 verse 12 says... Then you shall call on me, and you shall go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Isn't it comforting to know that we have a God who is listening to us at all times when we come to him? We also know that prayer is central to the Christian life. In fact, Christians are commanded in Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18 to pray continually, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When we pray, we are seeking God to grow in the intimacy with him. Occasionally, you might even hear someone question what God's will is for them. God, what is your will for me? Well, we can see it clearly right here, that at least part of it, that he wants us to pray and give thanks continually. So now that we kind of know what prayer is, how do we do it? Is there even a proper way to pray? If you've ever asked any of those questions before, you're not alone. And in fact, even Jesus' disciples asked him, Jesus, how to pray. In Luke 11, it reads, Lord, teach us to pray. He said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now you might want to rattle off that next bit because you might be very familiar with that being known as the Lord's Prayer. I'm sure most of you could recite it off by heart. I'm not going to be a teacher today, no stress. I'm not going to test you. I'm not going to bring anyone up here to do it like we do at school. So you can just relax. Um, so there's been people more intelligent than me who've gone before and they've looked at what Jesus has told his disciples in Luke 11, and they've suggested that it could be categorized into five different elements of prayer. Now, these words that are going to pop up on the screen, when I first looked at them, I was like, oh, those are pretty big, uh, fancy words, and it's not my kind of year six level kind of thing that I would say. So I'm going to try and explain these in as the easiest way possible that I can. So adoration number one. Well, possibly a simpler term might be compliments or praise. God is so powerful and amazing that he deserves nothing less than our praise and worship of him. That first part of that um, prayer there from Jesus was, Father, hallowed be your name. Consecration, or acknowledging God is ultimately con in control of our lives and that we accept that his will for our life. Your kingdom come. Supplication is, could be interpreted as asking for things that we need. Now, this isn't a Christmas wish list that maybe you've still got some things on there, kids, from Christmas. This is asking God to provide us for things that we actually need that are actually good for us and that God is happy to give us. So maybe it's providing us with food to eat. Maybe it's providing us with recovering from an illness, somewhere to live. Maybe it's employment. Um, a super important one is if you've never done it before, we need to ask God to forgive us our sins. So the part of the Lord's Prayer there is give us day by day our daily bread, so some food, and forgive us our sins. Intercession. Uh, big word. Basically, it means to pray on behalf of others. Maybe you know someone who doesn't know God and you would really love for them to know God. You can pray. You can pray that their heart to be softened. You can pray that they come to church. That is an intercessional prayer for them. Or you could pray for someone who's sick. Maybe they're not even conscious. You can pray, God, heal them. And then the last one, protection. Actually, that one's pretty straightforward. We can ask God to protect us, both physically and spiritually, and do not lead us into temptation. So knowing all that, we'll have another look at how David prayed. So we'll see if it kind of matches up to how Jesus did it. So if we have a look at our first part, if we look through Psalms 25 through the lens and structure of the Lord's Prayer, we can see that he does in fact include those five categories. So I've, I think I've got it up here. Yep. So adoration, verse 5, for you, God, are my saviour. Again in verse 7 and 8, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Again in verse 10, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. So he's taking some time to just praise God and let him know 
his feelings about him. It's super important that in our prayer life, we are letting God know that we think he's amazing. We need to let him know what he means to us. Consecration, or acknowledging God is in control. Guide me in your truth and teach me. Verse 9, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Supplication, so praying for those things we need or desire. Here it is from David. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Here we go again. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. You can feel, I guess, the realness in that. He's, He's asking God to give him relief from those things. Intercession, just nice and at the end there for him. Praying on behalf of others, deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Prayer shouldn't be a selfish thing. We should dedicate time in our prayer to pray for others and their needs as well. And then protection. Verse 2, do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. My integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope, Lord, is in you. Now, hopefully we don't have to pray a prayer like that. Hopefully we don't have enemies that hate us. Hopefully we're living in a way that people generally like us. Okay? I, I try and be a teacher where the kids don't hate me. Okay? That's a big, important part for me, but you never really know. Um, but yeah, hopefully your protection can be from things like illness or if you're going for a car ride. I know for myself... I hit those protection prayers as I'm taking off on a plane and landing. Man, I hit them hard there, um, and I'm sure you do as well. So hopefully we're able to see from those last few slides that David covered those elements of prayer, but he didn't follow the exact same order of which Jesus told his disciples how to pray. We can give David a bit of a break because he was long dead before Jesus was able to answer that question of his disciples, but no one who reads Psalms 25 should go, you know what? That's not in the right order, David. That's a bad prayer, okay? That'd be pretty nitpicky. If you're like me, when I read the early Psalms, or even Psalm 25, I'm jealous of how genuine David's prayers seem. They feel like they're coming straight from his heart. Personally, sometimes I find myself getting into a bit of a bad habit in my prayer life of just kind of running through a bit of a checklist. Thank him for my family. Check. Thank him for a place to live. Check. Thank you for him for food to eat. Check. Maybe I say that one a little bit too much. Check. Pray for the safety and health of my family and friends. Check. Pray for work to go well tomorrow. Check. Pray for my children to fall asleep and actually stay asleep until the morning. Check. Actually, that last one, to be honest, is maybe more of me begging God than praying to God. And I'm sure every parent's been there. Maybe you two have gotten into a similar habit where your prayer becomes a bit like a checklist. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to have things to pray for and to pray for help with things from God, but we need to be careful that that's not all our prayer life becomes, not just some checklist that we're just rattling through asking God for. Um, strictly for things that we, we need or we want and out of a habit, rather than from a, a true love and desire to be in a communion and communication with God. The Bible also warns us about this type of prayer In Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words 
again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you even ask. Now, I'm not saying that you should only pray for maybe your family member to get healed once, okay? But I think it's more about the heart behind that prayer. Are you just every day going, pray for them to get better, God, and then you move on, okay? God tells us that he knows even before we ask him, he wants us to ask him in a genuine way, a way that kind of builds that relationship, okay? If you have a close friend or a partner, husband or wife, when you see them, you might say, hey, how's your day going? Okay, hopefully that is a genuine question that you ask them, not just how's your day going and you just, you turn off, you're not listening to the response, okay? That's not how we should pray to God, it should be genuine, a heartfelt connection with those prayers. If you are concerned that your prayer life might be becoming more of a babble than a worship and a, than a, and than worship and a conversation with God, then I do recommend you think about addressing that in your life. The good news, however, is that the God of the entire universe is ready and waiting for you to come and ask him for help with that. Earlier I mentioned that we believe that prayer is communication with God. If you ask my mother, she might tell you that I'm not the best at communication, especially when it comes to replying to text messages. But even I know that communication involves two people to speak to each other. It's not just some kind of monologue. I myself have never heard the audible voice of God, so I won't speak on that today. But what I have experienced is God's answers and comfort through his word, the Bible. This week, I've been quite stressed about this morning. I've had a lot of stress and self-doubt about what I've written. Um, I know that my family members have probably sensed that. Maybe Dave sensed that as well. Um, and I'm not going to stand up here and say that I haven't been really, really worried. Okay? I've prayed a lot for God's comfort and help, okay? And I've tried to pray in a really genuine way, not just babbling, God help me, God help me, God help me, God help me. Amazingly, this week, not only once, but twice while in a panic state about all of this, I've opened my phone to try and, I don't know, just break the cycle of dread and just by happenstance swiped across on my phone to like a little widget where it gives me a word of the day or a verse of the day on my phone. And earlier this week when I was struggling to finish writing down all my notes and I'd kind of gone through it, it's like, whoa, this is really under the time limit here, um, which I stress about as a teacher. God gave me this little reminder. You might see it on the screen, that first one to the left. Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, <laughs> I was pretty fearful, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Then only yesterday as I was doing my final prep, and again the panic set in, as it might do for those who have been in this position, this verse popped up. Psalm 46 verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Now I'm not saying this is trouble, but this isn't a comfortable position to be in. Um, but how about that for an answer to my prayers? Reading these verses to me, it felt like God was speaking directly to my situation and gave me the comfort I had been so desperately praying for. See, prayer and communication with God is not a one-way thing. The communication goes both ways. We need to be praying to God, but also being receptive to what he says back to us. This may be dedicating a morning to really study God's word or even just get away from the distractions or busyness of our lives and intentionally focus on God. In Psalm 25, David also hints at the idea that we are to expect to be spoken to by God. 
Here are some examples from Psalm 25. Verse 4 and 5, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your paths. Eight, uh, yep. Guide me in your truth and teach me. Verse 8 and 9, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Verse 12, who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. And 14, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. These words like teach me, guide me, instructs, guides, teaches, makes his covenant known, they all require us to hear back from God. This tells us that our God is not silent. He says he will speak to us, and so he will in whatever way he chooses to. We just need to be listening. So when I look at David in the early Psalms as an example of prayer and communication with God, I see that David's prayer doesn't strictly follow the order of the Lord's prayer, and that's okay. His prayers can even sometimes be repetitive, but that's okay. What stands out to me when I read the Psalms is you can almost feel the desperation and authenticity of some of David's cries to God. Just a few of my favorite ones from there. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. I'm sure at some point in your life you have felt lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles. I said it right. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. That was hit me pretty hard this week and in the previous weeks. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. These resonate with us because we felt that way too. And it wasn't just a brain thing. It was a heart thing, okay? We need to open our hearts to God and not just have it all be a brain thing. During my life's hardest times is when I believe I've prayed my most genuine, honest, down-on-my-knees prayers. They weren't perfectly structured, they didn't follow all the cues from the Lord's Prayer. They didn't follow some checklist. No, they came from my heart. Most of you here could probably think of a time when you've cried out to God for help. Maybe an accident happened in your family or a family member was sick. Maybe you didn't know how you were going to make ends meet that week. Or perhaps you cried out to God in physical pain of your own or maybe the sorrow of loss. To me, relationship strengthening communication between God and our Heavenly Father is when it comes from our heart. When you read the early Psalms from David, you really get a sense that he is opening his heart's desires to God, and that is what I'm going to take with me into this year, to pray from the heart, to open myself up to God when I'm speaking to him, to let him into my life and my situations, and importantly, dedicate time to read his word and be open and listening for his responses. Being open to the creator of the world and strengthening our relationship with him is only going to ever have a positive outcome in our lives. So what have we learned today? Well, we've learned that prayer is communication with God and it's something that God commands us to do continually. We've learned that our prayers shouldn't be focused on only one element of prayer or our wish list. We need to give God the praise he so rightly deserves. We need to acknowledge his will for our lives, ask him for the things that we need that are good for us, and we also need to make sure that our hearts are open to hearing his answers. We need to pray and seek out his communication back to us through his word. I want to finish by praying this morning, but I'm going to start with about 30 seconds of silence. And I invite you to open yourself up to God this morning. Let him know how you're going, what's worrying you, what you're thankful for, maybe even what you're sorry for. Let him know what he means to you today. So let's pray with God.
Dear Lord God, you are good and faithful and ever worthy of our praise. Lord, thank you for bringing us here together today. I pray, Lord, that you will help us as we move on into this week to focus on opening our hearts to you, Lord. I ask that you would help those who need help, heal those who need healing, and comfort those who need comforting. Lord, please protect us as we move into this new, this new week and this new year. Amen. Thank you.